Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of... Oh, I was going to try and put our podcast names together, but that's a lot of words. This is Don't Blame Me, and we are joined by Just Between Us, which... We are. Between them. Yeah. <laughs> between two just... Bet- between the... Twi- mm-hmm. Betweeners? Yeah, betweeners. What do you call your fan base? We, we don't. We used to have names for them, but now we don't. 
I feel like I used to call my fans bangers. Yeah, because oh, of that makes sense. my bangs. That makes sense. Oh, it took me a second, yeah. but I like that. Thank you. I like that. What about you? <laughs> oh, I used to call. I'm just remembering. I used to call them queer teens. I used to call all of them. They're queer adults teens. now. Yeah, but like <laughs> even if you even if you were an adult, you were still a queer teen. Even <laughs> if you weren't queer, you were still a queer teen. I think it's funny that you don't realize that that as we age, so do the fans. Because you keep being like, and everyone's so young. And it was like, we started this nine, almost 10 years ago. They're not that young anymore. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess they're, well, it's hard to, because we were a little bit older. So like, you still get people who say, oh, I watched you in middle school. Which is terrifying, right? Yeah. Yeah. I watched you in middle school or. I get that a lot. You kept me uh, company on the bus in high school. And I'm like, oh, no. It's cool, though. How cool. No, Those are is. formative years. We have yeah. people that are like, I just graduated from grad school and I started listening to you when I was in high school. So. Yeah. Wow. I always try and do the math and I go, I think you were too young to be listening. Sorry. Hugely. I got it. You oh, did? Wow. <laughs> it flew. We've we've had issues. No, I'm having this problem, too. I feel like it's it's the weather. It yeah. yeah. I looked on Reddit because I was like, am I a nasty person who's living in filth? And so I'm like, let me get a like, let me get a Los Angeles vibe check. And it was like, no, no, no. This is like we're having issues with spiders, mosquitoes, yeah. flies, gnats, and any all of the flying things. And I hate. I don't like things. No, that I hate fly. it. If there's a fly in my house, I'm like, I'm a failure. No, you're like, I'm disgusting. <laughs> I'm disgusting. I'm a failure. Nobody will love me. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, what? I I feel the same way. If it makes you feel better, my house is pretty much sterile, and I have flies. I was gonna say both of us are people that. You know, yeah, clean scrub it up, dub, and no. When you're having like struggles with things like yeah. that, I'm like, that is the most relatable thing I've ever heard. Where it's mm-hmm. like, if I posted like my house is full of flies, people would not be like relatable. They would probably be like, of course your house is. Look at you. I know. I have this like terrible idea of myself as being Pigpen from Charlie Brown. Me. That's me. I just think that's what people see when they see me, which is hard on top of being trans. <laughs> hey, and I was gonna say now as an adult, Pigpen adorable. I know. No. And also, well, surrounded I don't, by but dirt. But I also don't blame disgusting. I, 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 I blame Pigpen's parents. And here's the thing: I blame my parents too. Is it a is it a chicken in the egg situation? Because maybe he got called Pigpen, and he was like, "Well, I got to keep up with this." But if they had called him like you know, like Brian, he would have not <laughs> been covered in. Hey, this would have been solved. Self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. yeah. And maybe it's an allegory. That's what they say in English class, right? Maybe it's just an allegory for something else. Yeah. For him having bad parents. Sorry, everyone. This is an advice show. We give you wonderful, amazing, life-changing advice. Um, and yeah, I'm so excited to have both Gabe and Allison here because the people are stoked that you're here. Like, yeah. We've got audience, so many messages. Oh, really? That's yeah. so nice. They, I mean, we love you both. They love you both. And like... No one is surprised. I like was looking for something like, oh my God, crazy crossover. Everyone's like, okay, thank thank God you're doing this again. Aww. But this is the first time we've all, yeah. we've had bo- you both on at the same yeah. time. Yeah. This is Allison's third time because she was on twice by herself. She's good at advice <laughs> is the thing. Mm-hmm. She's very good at advice. We get a lot of messages about Allison being good at advice. Really? Yeah. I mean, oh. you also like went to school. Yeah, you went to yeah. school for it. Well, not, I didn't go to school for advice. I but went it, to school for psychology. Plays yeah, into, it plays into yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. It. I went to the school of hard knocks. That's why my advice is good. You and me both. This is this, this can be this side of the couch yeah. and then this side and of the framing. And that's why I sit like this. Yeah, yeah, really. It's chaotic and scrappy advice. That's like how me I get too. through life. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. So if you want to call in for an upcoming episode, you can leave us a voicemail at 310 
international listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. And we also have our DMs open as well for calls and voice memos under three minutes. H and over. Have your parents' permission. You can let us know your pronouns if you would like to, but you also do not have to. And keep it all anonymous. So come up with some fake names and uh, bonus points if it's from a TV show that Melissa has watched and she will explain it to me afterwards. And for the written submissions, keep it under 300 words and make sure you provide as much details as possible because if you don't, we will fill in the gaps. And sometimes we fill them in wrong and then you're sad or mad. Usually and mad. tell us if you're sensitive so we can keep that in mind. We're <laughs> That's not cute. monsters. That's what I'm saying. Like, tell me if you're sensitive. I'm not a monster. Yeah. I did have to apologize to one person. Oh. <laughs> oh, we... I wrote back and apologized, but I... The problem is, is I stand by my advice. No, that's... Yeah. Well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I want to know about that. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, and what we lack in credentials... Minus Allison. We make up for in In opinions. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. Anyways, shall we get into it? Let's Mm -hmm. get into it. Hi, friends. Longtime listener of the JBU podcast slash YouTube channel since 2015. Whoa. I'm 26. She, her. I've been in therapy for eight years. My question, is it okay to go no contact with a parent who hurt you even if it was a long time ago and they are making an effort to be better? I have anger and resentment towards my towards a family member for things that happened when I was younger and living under their roof. They do not behave the same way towards me since I moved out due to boundaries I've put up, but I'm still struggling to move on. I do acknowledge that they are a better person now overall, and I do see the effort they're putting into our relationship, but I really don't want to be around them. I find it painful and upsetting after visiting, even if the visit itself was fine. I also don't want to hurt them by distancing myself. Thoughts? P.S. Why do we spend hundreds to thousands of dollars on therapy because someone else refuses to go to therapy? LOL. Woof. Yeah. I think that's perfectly fine. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm estranged from certain family members, but that being said, those people have not made any effort to change despite going to therapy. And mostly they go to therapy to further antagonize my dad, (laughs) it seems like. But now they have the therapy language to further antagonize my dad. So that's fun. But I think people can make overtures towards forgiveness or to change, but that doesn't mean that you have to invite that back into your life. And that doesn't mean that you have to cause yourself any distress while doing that. I think you've done a good job. You're saying you've set up boundaries. You've got a better relationship with them. And you can kind of, to me, leave it at that. I don't think you have to like go overboard. And also, you know, Part of it is that, you know, not to be like Jewish or whatever, but there's in Judaism, the person asks for forgiveness three times and then you there's no obligation for the person you're saying I'm sorry to to forgive you. You're you're supposed to make yourself better and enough to ask for forgiveness three times. And then at the end of three times, you go, okay, and you leave them alone because they they don't want that. So it's not like a constant thing where you have to every, you know, every month check in and be like, do you forgive me now? You're under no obligation in the real world and in Judaism. So you know what I mean? Like, I just think like that has been something that I've really taken in uh, from my education, which is, you know, you don't have to consistently hear someone out and the person apologizing doesn't get the right to continuously be like, I'm different now. Yeah, I can't stand that. You leave it alone. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> to prove our odd couple dynamic, you know, I think that that being estranged from a family member has a really high toll and I think it's really painful. So it's not like you stopping seeing this family member will mean that you won't have bad emotions also. 
Totally. Um, and so I don't know. Actually, the thing that popped to mind for me was actually asking to go to family therapy with that person. Mm. Um, because maybe, you know, you're at a maybe there's things that can be worked out in that kind of space with a with a, th- a neutral third party and maybe saying things to them that you haven't been able to say before. Um, but I, you know, I, I really don't know. It's it's neither option is great. Right. If if this person is still bringing things up for you. But I think if they have changed, then I think some of the work is recognizing those changes. And that's the work that you have to decide if you want to do or not. Right. Because I think we all have that where we all have people that view us from how we used to be. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating. And it's like, why can't you see me for who I am now? But it's a hard thing for anyone to do to like change your opinion of somebody and, and to see the growth. And so um that's like sort of the question is like, do you want to do that work? Because I think that you actually probably could, especially if you're like open to therapy and listen to us and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like the question of like, is this a priority for you to try to get to the place where you can see this person as who they are now? And I can't I can't answer that question for you. But I think that family therapy might help. And also, look, there are periods of estrangement, right? A lot of times someone's estranged for a few months, a few years, and then decides that the toll isn't worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that the no contact thing doesn't need to be seen as as permanent, but maybe something you're like, for right now, this is what I need might also be a helpful way to think about it. I think to giving someone a chance, like I've talked about this on JBU, but my my dad was an addict and alcoholic most of my life. And uh, he did something that was really upsetting to me in 2019. And I was like in my room being like, he's not even going to care. And he doesn't even know he did it. He's not going to apologize. And then I eventually went downstairs and was like, hey, this pissed me off. And I was fully expecting defensiveness. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, what the fuck? So, I mean, you know, it's possible. Yeah. I think it's a mind fucking that instance where it's like as a kid, like do you don't I mean, I, I it depends on the person, but like adults tend to like, you know, they have work relationships, they have friendships, they have their family, like they have all these things. But when you're a kid, like you have like sure you have your friends, you have teachers, but like you have your parents and like mm-hmm. they have been like the constant thing. So I I think that like sometimes it is hard when it it can feel like overnight like it feels like a change like since you moved out and it's like it's the change that you want but it's like a what is this so if it was this easy why didn't you why didn't you do it before but also like it you might not trust it so I think that like building resentment when someone is making a conscious effort and like if you weren't like actively so burned from it that like you might actually appreciate the effort like I think taking a step back to be mad because you said you're 26 and you, uh, they don't behave the same way since I moved out. I don't know when you moved out, but like, I think you're allowed to be mad at someone. And I think like, you know, when you're not looking for a resolution, you just like need to feel your anger. I think not directing that at them because you're not trying to resolve it. Like you just want to like, I need to feel pissed off and like be pissed off and like take some space for that and then decide if that effort there feels like genuine, true, and something that like you're willing and open to receive. Because if you're not, you're just not going to take it in. Mm. Yeah. And then also, because you said it's painful when you're with them and when you're not. So like Wayne, which one is more painful Mm. also can help give perspective on that. But I do think like trying everything that you can try first. And if they're open to, you know, going to family therapy, going to it, 
But if they're resistant and it's still painful while you're going through that, I think that's like after you've done everything that you can do, then that's when you kind of cut your losses after that. Are they open to hearing what they did? That was the thing with my dad. He was open to hearing what he did and he didn't make excuses. Right. Yeah. Different than just changing the behavior, but Mm -hmm. like hearing like, oh, that hurt me. And then like discussing that. Yeah. Because with my brother, whenever I tell him what he did, he acts the next time as if he doesn't know what he did wrong. I don't know why you don't talk to me. I don't know what I did. (laughs) I'm like, I tell you every time. Yeah. Whereas like my dad took that in and said, oh, I mean, he he had some he explained why he did it. And then he was like, but that wasn't right. Wow. Revolutionary. That's, <laughs> that's that that is that's that's impressive. Oh, it took it is. I don't know, fifteen years of Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> yeah, that's just that's impressive. It shouldn't be impressive, but it is. Mm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm a big supporter of uh doing whatever you need to do because like Melissa said, exhaust your options because going no contact is not anybody's first choice. All right. Next one. Yes. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley and we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean the ministry of time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work. 
which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm-hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. Hello, wonderful members of the MMCU and the DMPPU, the Diamond Imprint Productions Universe. I'm 24 using she, her pronouns, writing in about splitting the holidays with my boyfriend, 23 using he, him pronouns. My boyfriend and I have been dating for four and a half years and then long distance our entire relationship aside from the summers in college, during which we would return to our hometowns, which are 30 minutes apart from each other. Because we started dating as teenagers, I've been hyper aware of the fact that we're young and everyone views us that way. This is definitely a defense mechanism of mine against the judgment from others of having a serious relationship at a younger age. We've always been extremely vigilant about keeping ourselves in check and reminding ourselves that we're young as we move through our life. Last year, it was said that my boyfriend would spend Thanksgiving with my family, as two of his three older sisters would be at their significant other's houses. I told my parents over that summer that I planned to spend most of the Christmas day with my boyfriend's family, effectively the first time we would be spending our holiday together and splitting between our families. This was the first time also that I had ever made a choice that my parents would not have made for me. Their reaction was not good. This whole situation and the larger themes were very hard on me. On Christmas Day, I ended up staying at my parents' house longer than I anticipated due to my succumbing to my family's pressure. Consequentially, my boyfriend's family was upset that I didn't spend as much time with them as he spent with my family on Thanksgiving. Shortly after Christmas, I told my boyfriend that I really didn't want to go through all that again next year, and at least for another year, I wanted to do holidays separate. He agreed. Last week, my mom and I were on the phone, and she mentioned something about Thanksgiving. It led to her asking what my boyfriend and I's plans were. I basically just reiterated to her that last year was hard on me, and this year we plan to do things separately to avoid backlash. My mom and I ended up having a three-hour-long conversation in which I explained how the last the events of last year hurt my feelings and why I'm not interested in trying to share the holidays again. My mom asked a lot of good questions about my feeling and mindset. I had some feelings of resentment towards her because her attitude was so different from our discussions last year. I've just been assuming that her mindset was the same, but I do appreciate her growth. She concluded by asking me what my long-term plan is. I definitely felt resentful in that moment because she was using the same strain of logic that I was using last year. I was acknowledging that my boyfriend and I are young, but asked if I don't start making my own decisions now, when should I? I've been grappling with her questions since she asked. The reality is that even if I waited a year or two, my family and my boyfriend's family would likely still have a negative reaction to splitting holidays. So how do we decide when the right time for us to start spending holidays together is? When we've lived together, when we're engaged, I feel like an argument can be made for any stage of life. I would really love any insider or advice you all have on this topic. Thank you so much. Have a great day. People are ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) I just like, I mean, uh, and I know so many families do this and so many families fight over the holidays, but it's like, just like let your kid go do this one day and then have another day with your kid and their partner. It's just like so much to navigate unnecessarily, in my opinion. Yeah. People like they use it as a way to flex. 
we're the better family. We have are he wants to be with us. Like we're, you know, our kids always want, you know what it is, is that it's, I've seen a lot of parents be like, it's irrelevant what my kid wants. I want the pictures where we all mm-hmm. look like a happy family. I want to be the mom where my kid is obsessed with me. And let me tell you, you're not Lauren Graham or whatever. Am I allowed to say that? Yes. <laughs> okay. But I'm just saying you, you're not, your kid is not a pound of flesh off of you. Your kid is its own person her, his, their own person. And you can't be like, well, I want to have all of my little things so that we can take gorgeous pictures together and everyone will think I'm a perfect parent. No, you're, the kid gets to make their own decisions. (laughs) Like it's this thing where I think it's all about optics and they want to seem like we are the better family because now they have a family to compare against. And I don't know, that's been, it's like, you don't think you don't care about your kids feelings you care about optics I look I don't think it's always optics I think also like certain holidays are very meaningful and there's yeah. traditions that have been in place and it's like there's a real loss that the kid's not there and it's times are changing and it's hard I don't think it's just for a Facebook photo but I think like that qu- the the actual question of like when I actually think that when you live together that is a great marker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that like you kind of answered your own question because once people live together, it's like you're seen as a unit mm-hmm. in a way that you're not when you live separately, whether or not that's valid for the type of relationship you have, like how people view it. So I, I that's honestly, I know it's simple, but that's kind of my advice. Yeah. <laughs> so then you go, we're our own family. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, because you've gone all these years, like, 24 years this is what you do it's like you go home like mm-hmm. and it's like that's not my home anymore yeah. right like I've moved past that you know I am I'm still your child but I'm not a child anymore yeah it's unfortunate that that has to be the marker yeah but it's funny because I've seen definitely with my boyfriend's family it's acceptable for the people that are married the siblings that are married to just do their own thing but because he's not married, he's expected to go home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I agree with Libby. Like, I don't know anybody who swapped holidays when they were just dating and not living together. Like, I and I like most of the time, anytime I know people who you both of you go somewhere else, I have to say my in-laws lucked out because my <laughs> sister, like Matt's, our, our sister-in-law, she's Jewish. And then me, orphan. So they get all of the holidays. They like not don't orphan. I'm an orphan by choice. <laughs> but like they don't have to like they get it like they get it all. And yeah. so like that I was like, damn, you guys really lucked out. And like, you know, the stereotype of like it's boy moms don't win in that. Like they like hold on so tightly to their young because like, oh, oh, if they they're they're, they're if their sons marry women, they're just gonna want to go and be the, the girls' family. Like it's gonna be this whole thing. And I was like, you lucked the fuck out. So, but I don't for my friends who are in relationships, like they and they share same, the same holidays. They didn't start splitting off it, as like a unit and going to like one side of the family until they were living together. And Mata's parents, I found this out a couple of years ago, they didn't do it until they had kids. They like mm. had a house, they lived together. And wow. it wasn't until they had their first kid that like they did Christmas together. And I was like, that's so like in my mind, I'm like, that would be so odd. But I think you're right in the sense like when you live with your even the framing of it that like when you have an apartment with like roommates and friends, like when you say you're going home, mm-hmm. you mean the house you grew up in or like where your family lives. But yeah, when you are in a relationship with someone, then you start to think of home as your apartment. It could have been the same fucking apartment you lived in with those roommates, but now it's you and your partner. You're like, no, that's my, that's my home. That's our home. 
And so, like, it's a difference between, like, your apartment versus your home. Mm -hmm. Get a cat, get a dog. So you're like, sorry, we're a family. Exactly. (laughs) I I will say, I don't want to say, like, single people can't think of their apartments as their home. No, no, totally. But it's the reframing. I, I think that when you're living together, you also have the opportunity to host. Right. Yeah. So it's the first time where like you can also have them to your home, your joint home. And I think that that changes things, too. Right. Because sometimes it can be like, well, why don't we do Thanksgiving? And then both sides can mm-hmm. come and you can start to almost merge the families more than just having these be such separate holidays. That was a whole thing. <laughs> when, like when I was a kid, my grandparents like they they for Christmas, they might have on both sides might have come like I think the only time they actually came was when. Melanie was born. That was the only time, but it was like we had to go to them. And well, yeah. And uh, patriarchs and matriarchs be like that sometimes. Yeah. And, but they lived in the same area, and, but it'd be like, where are we going to open presents? Like it was like yeah. an argument Whoa. every year. Yeah. It's also, you should talk to your boyfriend more about it and come to a, an agreement as a unit again, uh, you know, not against them, but you know what I mean? Come to an agreement that you're on the same page. In my last relationship, this person was obsessed with their family and there was absolutely no room for any sort of uh, like there was no anything, period. Well, OK, Melissa. But, <laughs> sure. <laughs> there is a lot of compromises on my end, but there was no there was no room for going to my family or anything. And it would be every birthday of every member of the family had to be home and every like. I, I am obsessed with Halloween and I was not there. They have a relative with a Halloween? birthday on Halloween and I was not allowed. Like it was. That's it was, actually crazy. Yeah, Sorry. because you had to go. I mean, I never it's never been maybe it's just different families. It's never been like, well, I got to be home for dad's birthday. Mm-hmm. And they, it would be there was one time where it was my birthday on June 1st and a relative of theirs birthday on June 8th. And they were at their parents and I was like, well, they're going to come home for my birthday. And they didn't. They stayed for their mom's birthday. <laughs> and, uh, and that was rough. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get that either. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a codependence that you have to be on the same page about. If I was like that too, or if I didn't really care, you know, but I think you and your boyfriend should come to some sentences that you're going to say. You know what I mean? Come to some stuff that you're both going to hold on. Yeah. And I also like, what, where do you like to spend the holidays? Because like, I think that's another part of it that like, if you Who has better food. Yeah. Like if you're like, <laughs> I actually really like thing. being at my parents for Christmas, like I have more fun there. I think that like, if you, you see yourself with this person, like long term, like you will share holidays together eventually. But like, you also don't have to. It doesn't like make your relationship more serious or more right. legitimized or anything like that. Like if you're like, I actually fucking hate the food that they my family serves on Thanksgiving but like I don't want to tell my mom like the turkey's like dry as hell like let's do that or like I really want to do like both like I don't think like if you want to do Thanksgiving and Christmas with your family I think that's also very okay and he's allowed to want to do it with his family like I don't think you have to do it together because eventually you will and like I think it sucks being long distance and I wonder if part of that is why you feel like we have a break so we want to spend time together mm-hmm. so like that's also hard yeah yeah there's a sweet thing that happened this week my uh nephew who is 12 and his voice is 12 i know i'm sorry that's not that's unacceptable and he has the deepest voice i don't know it's deeper than his dad's but he called i've like i talk to him all the time but it's more like passing by like 
hey, auntie, like that type of thing. But he called me on Sunday and he was like, are you coming home for in December? I said, what if I said I wasn't? And he goes, well, then you got to send me a plane ticket. Oh, oh God, God, I love so that. Sweet. Yeah, that's really fucking sweet. Oh, that's fucking adorable. And look, oh. Like every family is its own culture. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like some families are there's expectations that other families don't have. And so it's like a lot like you're always like every relationship is an intercultural relationship because mm-hmm. you're from different families. And so you like this is just one of the many things you're going to have to navigate. Yeah. And maybe it's easier for him to like disappoint, quote unquote, disappoint his family. So then like do his first in the first half of the day and then go to yours after if you have like a hard time leaving because you feel guilty. Like you can hack the system in that way, like based on how people respond to things. I'm saying that's what we did. But then there there would be a different type of competition going on. United front. You and the partner (laughs) united front. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a break. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. We're back. We're going to get into the rest of Of the submissions. Wonderful. Q for Don't Blame Me. I'm a 24-year-old cis girl dating a 23-year-old trans boy. We've been dating for almost two years. In early 2021, I started the process of deconstructing the the religious trauma I have from my time in church and accepting that I was queer. Mm. Eventually concluded I was bi. I've never done anything with women, but was very in love with had crushes on girls throughout my life. In the past couple of months, I've learned about comp head and Mm. realized how little attraction I've had towards men besides my boyfriend. Thought of being with other men again makes me nauseous. I adore lesbians and queer people. I feel proud and move to tears when I see queer love. But I also feel deeply ashamed of the realization that I'm probably a lesbian. I'm also so confused by my attraction to my boyfriend. I'm very attracted to his manliness specifically, and I fully view him as a man. I've never loved someone so much. How do I get over this deep shame and fear of being a lesbian? And can I stay with my boyfriend? Yeah. Look, here's the thing. So just for anybody who doesn't know, I'm a trans guy. Hey, what's up? What? <sighs> we can't, Hot voice. We can't redo this. We can't, we can't redo this whole thing where Allison pretends she doesn't know I'm queer. Anyway, okay. It's, it's still funny, but whatever. <laughs> so here's the thing. There, I understand that you've looked into Compet and that's amazing. And there's a lot of stuff where Compet sort of dovetails with biphobia in some ways um, and creates a lot of either it makes people feel very liberated once they realize that they're actually uh, more of a lesbian than they are straight or bisexual. So that is definitely something to look into. However, there are a lot of people for whom learning about it does cause distress. Now, here's the other thing. And this is spicy. Okay. Transness is a little bit more complicated than we've given credence to because there is such an attack on trans lives constantly in terms of violence, in terms of politics. So um, similarly to how queer people had to sort of song and dance for gay marriage because we wanted uh, protections legally from a government who hates us, we had to sort of do this thing where we were like, we're just like you straight people and, and present a very clean good, respectable, public, political image, right? Now, was gay marriage really necessary? Absolutely. In the wake of the AIDS crisis, uh, a lot of queer people were left destitute because they didn't have access to their partners 
money. They were not able to visit their partners in the hospital. So yes, as a reaction to the AIDS crisis, gay marriage was absolutely necessary. Now, because there is such an attack on trans lives and on trans children in particular, there is this push right now to make a very clean narrative, which is trans people are in the wrong body. Trans people are binarily the the gender that they are, quote, you know, quote unquote, becoming that, you know, in order to be trans, you had to know at a young age and you have to never waver on that ever, ever, ever. And the thing is, is that historically, which is something that we don't bring up and that a lot of people don't know, is that historically gender was a little bit more wavering, a little bit more fluid. There currently are people who identify as non-binary lesbians. There are people who are trans guys who relate to lesbian culture, who still remain in lesbian culture, who came from lesbian culture. There are trans women who see deeply relate to gay male culture, who have that in their background. And I don't think being trans ignores where you come from in that history. Some trans guys believe that they were always men. My, I do a podcast called The New Guys. My co-host River will say, I was never a woman. I was always a man. I don't feel that way. We're both trans guys. I feel like I was a woman. Now I'm not. That's, we're, we both deserve rights. So I think there is this history where lesbians have historically dated trans men with no problem, with little to no problem in terms of identifying as lesbians, with little to no problem in terms of understanding that gender is fluid and that, yes, you can say trans men are men, but also, also they have a different socialization. A lot of us have a different lived experience and some people for that, for them, that is painful. And so they want to be seen as men. And for some people that's not as painful. And so they're okay with that. So really, in terms of your identity, you can identify as whatever you want. And if people tell you as a lesbian, you cannot be with a trans man, they are ahistorical. They don't know queer history. They don't know gender history. And they're wrong, essentially, in terms of gender politics and having read a book or or any sort of queer history. So that being said, of course, also, you know, there is a a situation where a lot of um, butch lesbians have historically felt more masculine. Maybe they're not trans. One of the beautiful things about queerness is that we don't have to adhere to heteronormative or cisgender rules, laws, identities, anything. You, the history of lesbians dating trans men is, is long. It exists. It does not negate them being lesbians. You can find it in our history, in books, in fiction, in everything going back as old as time. So that being said, it really comes down to what your partner feels comfortable with. If your partner feels uncomfortable because you identifying as a lesbian is triggering to them and they're in their identity, you might not be compatible. If your partner is like, I completely understand. I come from lesbian spaces. This makes total sense. Your identity has nothing to do with how I identify and we can still be together. Great. But as it, it really comes down to you two talking this out. But in terms of public and societal look or whatever, you don't have to make sense to people to whom you don't make sense, but you have to make sense to yourself and you have to make sense to your partner. And if people give you a hard time, because I do see a lot of pushback on how can you be a non-binary lesbian? How can you identify with, you know, he, they pronouns, but still use the term lesbian? Fuck them. Because that is uh, someone who who hasn't looked into and doesn't have a read on queer history. If it's a cishet person, whatever, 
unfortunately, they do make our laws. And so that kind of sucks. And that's why we've had to push this narrative. But if you are a queer person, if a queer person comes at you in that regard, that just because someone's queer doesn't mean they know queer history or have a good nuanced read on gender politics. So they're wrong. Hope that was helpful. <laughs> Great. That's yeah. perfect. That was wonderful. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> nothing to add. Nothing to add. <laughs> and if I did, I wouldn't say it. No. Because... And, it <laughs> and it also confirmed that I've been reading the right things. I like read the whole compat, like the whole guy. I was just, fa- I get very fascinated. I get like random oh, the lesbian master doc. And I yeah. get very fascinated by things. And then I read an entire article similarly about like queer history and about yeah, all of that stuff. And I was like, that just felt like I got, you read the right things. And I was like, cool. Yeah. 19, <laughs> 1910s and 1920s lesbians um, identified themselves as the men in the relationship. You can look that up. Mm-hmm. So gender's, gender's wacky, y'all. Yeah. And it was much less binary than it is now. (laughs) Kind of. Yeah. Well, next one. Next one. Hi, Melissa and Megan and both of you. I, 24, she, her, am newly engaged to my fiance, 26, he, him. We have been together for three and a half years and I am so excited to marry him. I'm writing in to ask for advice on dealing with my passive aggressive mother during wedding planning. I am her only daughter. I have two older brothers and I'm so glad that she's excited for me and loves my fiance. However, we have already butted heads a couple times when it comes to vendors and the overall aesthetic that my fiance and I have in mind. For example, I showed her inspiration for potential wedding colors and she looked at the photos, then just handed my phone back to me without saying anything and had a straight face. Me wanting to include her said, what, you don't like it? And she responded by saying, well, it's not my wedding. And then (laughs) continued to send me one specific color of bridesmaids dresses that she loved, quote unquote, multiple times in a row and got quietly upset. Her text message response was, okay, when I sent it. Boomers text as if they hate you. (laughs) they write okay with no period or with a period like in a way that is like wow i can feel this through the phone yeah i'm like is she paying for the wedding that's my big question allison take it away yeah take it away i gave my i gave my speech about um queer history allison marriage take it away yes uh so i just got married in august and my parents paid for the whole thing And when that happens, it's a very different dynamic than if you were paying for it. And then this is just your mother sort of like sharing ideas. So I think if if you're paying for your wedding and your mom isn't, then her suggestions and input are just those. They're just suggestions and input. They're not anything that you need to do. They're not anything that you need to like account for. Obviously, if it's things about her role in the wedding where she's like, I want a corsage or Mm -hmm. I don't want a corsage. Like if it's things that are going to impact her directly and just her, then like her feedback is maybe something you want to pay a little more attention to. But if like they're not paying, then like this is your wedding. And like it's it's taking that leap of doing something that, you know, your parents don't approve of potentially for the first time and that being scary, but also you being able to tolerate that discomfort you know, so that you can have the wedding that you two want. Now, if your parents are paying for the wedding or are partially or significantly paying for the wedding in any way, it is, I think, a bit different. Obviously, different cultures have different beliefs around this and different sort of like guidelines in terms of how much input the parents have. But for me, the fact that she said it's not my wedding implies that in her head, she does think of it as your wedding, but is unable to prevent herself from sharing. (laughs) No poker face, no poker face. And so then that's hard because then it really falls on you to sort of navigate how do I walk this line between... The thing to keep in mind is like, if your parents are 
paying for this wedding or in a significant way, it's kind of also their party. And I know that like maybe that's a sad, weird thing to say, but like that's how I felt. Like I felt like I am putting on a huge celebration with my fiance and my parents Mm. and we are a team and we're putting on this production together. Mm -hmm. And sometimes team members butt heads and want different things. And throughout the whole process, I just kept screaming, no one respects me as a bride because honestly, they they really didn't. And <laughs> this was so fucking stressful. <laughs> um, but, you know, and then it's, it's a negotiation, right? And it's like, you know, what like what are the hills that your mom would die on? You mm-hmm. know, because you don't want to give in to every single thing. But if there's something like if you can get to the core of why something is important to them, then I think that that's really helpful. And it might even change your preference. So like if it's like, okay, like why don't you like this color? And it's like, well, I worry that it's not going to look good on all skin tones. Maybe that's something you hadn't thought about before. Mm. Or maybe they just say, I had a dress that color when I was seven and I hated it. Then it's like, okay, well, I like it. You know what I mean? Um, And so I think that like really getting to the root of of what their preferences are and and then deciding piece by piece what you want to take, what you don't want to take. But I think that like, I, I felt like there's this narrative of like, the wedding is your day. You're the bride. You're in charge. And like, I had to kind of let that go mm-hmm. and be like, this is a family production. And like, my opinion matters, but it's also we're building this thing together. And then you get less resentful and like more collaborative. Yeah. I think of it as like, you know, um, um, someone who's producing a movie, like they, they're, they don't just give the money with no strings. Like they have a say in it. And I think that when you have very strong feelings about something and you want somebody to agree with you and also pick the same thing that you picked, but without you telling them you have to pick this one, this Mm. is the one that I want, you construct how you present the two options. Mm -hmm. So I think of this as like when you're doing a costume fitting for something and you want production to pick one. So I'm going to insist that the photo of the outfit I do not like in the photo, it is an unflattering photo. I am moving. I am not smiling. I am dead behind the eyes. And then the one that I like, I'm smiling. We've, we've maybe tweet, we've upped the lighting. We've, we've, we added some saturation. Like we're editing this photo and it's, it's gorgeous. And it's like, you're shining in that one. That's obviously the right choice. Like so you're saying manipulate. Yeah. yeah. If you have strong it's, feelings. It's, it's an ethical scam. <laughs> yeah. It's behavioral economics is what it is. <laughs> That's what I do. It's like, behavioral economics. You're actually doing something that is um, proven to work. Yeah. And sometimes like with like Mott's like, I love him to death, but sometimes he, I know for a fact that if I'm showing him multiple options, if I'm putting on an outfit, I'm like, what about this? What about this? What about this? Or if I'm showing him like house things, he's going to always forget the first four and remember the last one just say just go with the last one so the one that I like the most I'm gonna put last yeah because I know that that's what he's going to stick with it's like people remember the auditions where you're the first one or the last one like there are certain things like that where it's like if you have a strong belief but like I agree with Allison and like there are certain things that you like might not have an opinion on and so like it would be helpful to have her there but I also think if this is something you have a really strong opinion on then you need to orchestrate how you're asking for her feedback in a way that like you're going to end up getting what you want. So, but she doesn't feel like she's giving it to you because then she'll create other hills to die on that like she might, there, there's like, a, it's a power. I think there's a power struggle there. To make people feel wanted. Yeah. You're legally a scientist. Thank you. I love that. And I'm going to be adding that into everything into our intro now. Oh God. Um, but also like I benefited from people's input like things that at first I didn't like or like was resistant to they were right and so I think also like having a little humility throughout the process of like sometimes other people might be on to something Mm -hmm. is helpful yeah Mm -hmm. comes to a shock to no one that I'm a little mean 
what? The thing is, is that you're volunteering for her to have the information yeah. because you said you're just showing her ah. because you want her to feel included. But you actually don't mm-hmm. want her opinion. So if you don't actually want her opinion, then don't share it. Like you, you want her to like be around, but you don't want her to say anything. So don't volunteer the information. I love that idea. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah, you're I mean, right, Melissa. I pick and choose what I uh, want. Like my parents have offered to buy many of things, and I pick and choose what I let mm-hmm. them buy because I don't want them to have opinions on the things that I get. So. Yeah, you know, I'm just like I'll take it. Thank I know you. you're like I'll take it. I'm like it's it's National Daughters Day. Send me some money. It's uh, deposit money into your daughter's account day. Send me some money. Those things just send me money, but I don't want you to buy specific things for me. I do that too. I, they're like, which one do you want? And I'm like, you know what? Why don't you just send me the money and all? Which is which is so I used to really now I I would like am more likely to take money from them if they do offer it even though I know they absolutely don't have it. But you know what? It's none of my business. I can't, I can't co-sign that enough. I think it's like, none of my business. Maybe they got it illegally. Maybe they didn't. Who cares? Why would I ask questions? Why am I asking questions? No. It's none of my business. I'm not going to turn down free money. My dad tried to give me like cash in a suitcase one time and I didn't take it. But now I'm like, what do I, what am I, a saint? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> what do I, what, I don't, whatever. Even if the police interview, you're like, I didn't, I didn't know, know anything. I didn't know shit about you're shit. You're not lying. I had a therapist. I was so mad at my dad about something that he had kept hidden. And I was talking to my therapist and I was like, I'm going to run a background check on him. And she was like, I can't advise enough that you don't do that because <laughs> then they can't call you in. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you're right. It's not selective information. Yep. We don't, we all don't need to know everything. No. Best of luck on your wedding. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm like so anti-wedding. Like Best I'm happy of for luck people. Is the most passive just, aggressive thing you can like, say. I just feel so bad. Like I just think it's like I'm so happy for people who have weddings and like have like a good time like doing it. But I think it's a lot better if like I think it's better when your parents are paying for it. But like I I I like so deeply feel for people who like spend like a year being miserable and like so anxious and like so up and down like and feeling just in the, all of this stress on top of their job that they're paying to do and then they have like this one day and like it doesn't go well I could just feel I feel just I feel it's pressure I feel so bad I'm gonna have a bar mitzvah does everybody want to come to that yeah. yes because I had a bar mitzvah My DJ yeah and now I'm <laughs> no, gonna have a won't. bar mitzvah <laughs> Yeah, does your does your fiance no. want to DJ my no, bar mitzvah? No, he doesn't. Okay, that's rude. No, but I'm I'm so I can't like I don't know the last time I had fun at a party except for what is it seventh grade? Like that was like yeah. the my peak of my social fun. life. Your wedding was great. Yeah, your wedding was great. I great- wasn't stress leading. It wasn't a year of stress. It was a year of fun. And also, you were. you like your parents. Yeah, that's I true. was tr- yeah. I was trying to find a way to say mm-hmm. that in a way mm-hmm. that it's like. And like you are, you're like a very rational person in the sense that like, you know, you. If the day doesn't go perfectly, you're not going to be like, and the wedding's off and I can never see John again and nothing is right in my life. And I, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think you have really reasonable and like, like expectations of people and like yourself, like you're like very healthy mindset of, of that, that it's not, you don't put stock in one person to like ruin something. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I guess that's like the saying of like, I think you have you can do this experience without it being so stressful. Oh no, totally. You know, I think like, that's a- we kept being everyone just kept being like, "Oh my god, are you guys freaking out?" And we're like, "No." Yeah, <laughs> like there were moments of stress, and it was like stressful, but it was like 
we had to completely redo the ceremony under a tent instead of a rooftop because there was like a rare tropical storm. So it wasn't like all sunshine. But I, I do think that like figuring out like what you're excited about and like focusing on that mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of like what can go wrong is like oh, yeah. really helpful. Because like John I, I, and the seafood bar. Exactly. I never oh, even saw it. It was so good. Bar. But it wasn't all sunshine, but there was a rainbow. There was a rainbow. And it's a personality thing. Like, I don't, like, I will stress over things that I, like, don't care about. Like, I'm just, Mm. I know, it's like, I'm not, and I have friends who are, like, so chill, and, like, whatever happens, happens, and, like, I can, like, not care about something, but then suddenly I care. And then I'm, like, so, I just, I'm, like, I get so, I get easily overwhelmed. Yeah. So it's just knowing, like, if it's a good fit for you or not. I have a a to-do list to make me cry. So like planning a wedding is like actually my personal hell. I can't even respond to an email. Like it's, I'm not good at that. That's but, why you got to get that wedding planner. I would have been horrible without the wedding oh, yeah. planner. I'm just going to pop up married one day. I know she I is. I know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the episode. Thank you all for listening. If you, as we said at the beginning of the show, if you want to write in, send us a email to meganpodcast at gmail.com. 300 words or less if you want to call us. I don't know. 310-694-0976. Send us a DM as well. And uh, yeah, where can y- people who maybe are not privy to the JBU U- universe, the JB universe, yeah, JB universe. <laughs> where can they follow each of you as well as the podcast? The pod is just between us. It's on Instagram at JBU podcast. It is on TikTok. It is on YouTube at Just Between Us. I'm at Gabe S. Dunn on Instagram, and I do not have X, formerly known as Twitter. Okay. Yeah. Um, our podcast is pretty much available wherever. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Just Between Us. Please join. Which would be weird if you just heard us for the first time and you're like, I'll give them money, but we'll take it. I but, more people but, should be like that. But here's a bonus. If you subscribe to the Patreon, you get more of me. That's true. More you Melissa. Get a lot more Melissa. And then I'm just at Allison Raskin on socials. And I also have a mental health uh, Instagram and Substack called Emotional Support Lady. Hell yeah. All right. And so uh, tune in tomorrow for See You Next Tuesday. Cunt. And then Wednesday, of course, we don't have an episode. But listen to JBU on Wednesdays. Hell yeah. On Thursday, tune in for But Am I Wrong? And then on Friday, we've got Fisting Friday. Fisting Friday. Okay, goodbye. Don't Blame Me is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa D. Montz, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production sound and editing by Coco Lorenz. Production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. And music by Giacomo Picasso and Ryan Hunter.